what a prenup does and one of the beautiful things about a prenup is that it is an educational journey because a prenup might not be for everybody, but I don't think people should make the decision without first learning what they're getting into, what a prenup does, what it doesn't do. And if you don't need it because now you're educated, fine. But a prenup gives you the ability, you and your partner, future spouse, to say, I don't like what the law is going to do. We want to do our own thing. You are listening to the Say Hola Well podcast, a show dedicated to the stigmatized idea of wanting more money. More money, more options for you, your family, and our community to become financially free. I am your host, Lucy King. I am on a mission to help decolonize wealth for Latinas, and here is how I do it. I talk about building generational wealth through a holistic lens. I give you the strategies, the mindset, and the ideas to create generational wealth and also break away from a culture of silence. Ya sabes, that believe that in our cultura, no se habla de dinero. We don't talk about money. I am a first-gen investor who went from believing I had to work mentally and physically hard for money to now having multiple investment accounts and run a business that I love. I am a mom, a wife, speaker, and author ready to help you create wealth beyond your ancestors' wildest dreams. Welcome to the Say Hola Well podcast. Before we dive into today's episode, I want to remind you to follow us on social if you are loving the podcast, want to build community, and you want to learn creative ways to increase your income. You can find us on Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, and of course, on our website at www.sayolawell.com. If you feel inspired by any of the episodes, it will mean the world to me if you can leave us a written review on Apple Podcasts. This is how other mujeres find us. Hello, Genoveva. Welcome to the Say Hola World Podcast. How are you? I am doing well, Lucy. All is well here. So happy to be on here finally to get to chat and connect about things that are important for both of us, right? So yes, absolutely. I, and I just realized that I have a big smile as I'm watching you talk because I have been wanting to have this conversation with you. There are other Latinas that do what you do, but I was like, I need to bring this kid <laughs> to the podcast because you are killing it, but you're also very passionate about helping our comunidad really understand the importance of why they need to have conversations around state planning, around prenups and all of this juicy chisme that we're going to dive into. But before we get there, I want to open the door for our community to really get to know you. So let's go ahead and dive into how did you grow up and what was your relationship with money? All right. Yeah, let's start nice and light. No, this is, again, thank you for having me on here. I am really passionate about all of this. And I could talk on hours on end because I feel like if I have the opportunity, I will take it. So thank you. I'm an immigrant from Mexico and I grew up here in Southern California. And for me, I'm a third generation lawyer. Okay. So my father, and my grandfather were both lawyers in Mexico. So I have a complex, different, I would say story, right? Because although I'm an immigrant, I have all the similarities that we all 
have experienced for the most part. I really had a strong support system and self-worth and I knew I was going to be a lawyer. Nobody could tell me I wasn't going to be, right? So I have this double-sided thing. But because of the immigrant story and the immigrant experience, the relationship with money is complex because there's just a knowledge gap. It is not a about confidence. It's not about worth. It's not about desire, interest. It's just not having the knowledge. So my relationship, it's complex. I'm still learning it. My family is learning it, right? Because this is not our country of origin. So things are different here. And I think we're still learning. Thank you for sharing that. And I'm getting goosebumps right now because I'm like, that's exactly how it is. Sometimes when we start this journey called financial freedom, generational wealth building, we've made the assumption that, okay, it's like something that we're going to get to do once and then we're done and we're going to be done with it. The feelings are going to go away. The conversations are going to go away, but I'm learning that the more you want to embody this journey, the more support system and the bigger your board of directors needs to get for you to continue to build, for you to continue to have these conversations. So thank you for sharing that. Now, I like Chisme, and I want to ask you, <laughs> when you were saying that you're a third generation lawyer, your face just was like full of proudness. And I was like, wow, what a powerful thing to see that another Latina who is like growing the generation of, I'm a third generation lawyer. And you just said you always wanted to do that, but why the law? And specifically, why the area of estate planning and prenups where you are killing it? Yeah, thank you. And but I can't continue. There is a lot of pride in it. And I used to keep that to myself, honestly, growing up as an early professional, because we're not taught to be boastful here and to kind of, and not everybody likes to hear that. But I've learned to share my life experiences because as hard it is to believe for many of us, sometimes they inspire other people, they inspire them, they motivate them. And so now I have made it an intentional sort of bullet point to tell people because we are around, we are here, we can be that, we will be that, right? So I like to put it out there. So anyway, but why the law? Besides the fact that to me, it was something that growing up was it was all positive. All I heard about the law and how you could give back. And, and a little side note, my grandfather, he was more of a help the people lawyer. He was somebody that helped the people. He started as an educator. And then my dad was more of a business and the money. And so I saw that dynamic. And so for me, I knew it was going to be law. I just didn't know in what. So to your question about how I landed where I'm at now, uh, some of it was choice. Some of it was not. So for me, I've always wanted to help people. No shocker there. We grew up in this country, especially immigrants and even first gen helping. Whether we want to or not, we learn how to help. We want to help. And so helping people was number one. And so that is how at first I decided to do family law and help families with divorces and, and that difficult subject area. And so I did that for about 16 years and I loved it because it was necessary, right? It's such important work. It's people's lives, families. Yeah. But then for me, I always, for years, I was always asked about estate planning lawyers who, does anybody know an ex that speaks Spanish? I didn't know. And as many Latinas and Latino lawyers that I know, none of them that I could point to. So over the years, it was an interest and an interest till I finally decided 
to start becoming educated on that, to offer that service to my clients. And ultimately what did it, where I decided to make that leap is my own family's experience with that here in this country. And when my stepfather passed away, he had his estate plan. And so I saw what a benefit that was for my mom, like smooth, seamless. And I said, okay, I need to do this for the community, for my clients. And it was beautiful. I I felt like that is when finally everything came together, right? Everything that I wanted to do to help all came together and evolved into what I'm doing now. And what a powerful gift than giving your family the gift of having the peace of mind where you already have decided how your money or your assets are going to be distributed without having that typical Latino fights over money, right? That we saw in la novelas, like growing up. And so I want to talk to you about specifically about how to start having the conversation when it comes to to prenups, right? So let's dive into that. And I'm going to make it like very one-on-one. Yeah, <laughs> that's okay. And for, please, for those please. people that yeah. are not familiar because I don't want to make assumption, but what yeah. is a prenup and why should people have one? Okay. And thank you for bringing it. This is a topic that, you know, if estate planning is something we don't talk about, then this is even less popular to talk about. But so what a prenup is, so when you get married, right? And again, I always say it's way too easy to get married in this country, in the state. It's too easy. You, yeah, you just don't go to Vegas. You don't research. You have, I think very few people know exactly what they're doing as far as the legalities of what they're doing. So what happens is, you get married and instantly you have signed on to this future legally of what's going to happen to all your things and everything else. And what a prenup does and one of the beautiful things about a prenup is that it is an educational journey because a prenup might not be for everybody, but I don't think people should make the decision without first learning what they're getting into, what a prenup does, what it doesn't do. And if you don't need it, because now you're educated, fine. But a prenup gives you the ability, you and your partner, future spouse to say, I don't like what the law is going to do. We want to do our own thing. That's it. Oh, so I like what you just said. I don't like what the law says, because I want us to do our own thing. So would you say that if people don't trust the law, or the government, they should get a prenup? Essentially, because otherwise you are signing something saying, sure, whatever you all agree to, that's what we're going to do. This is how I'm going to, if I die, this is what's going to happen. If my spouse dies, this is what's going to happen. If we get a divorce, right? Yeah, but nothing is as empowering as you and your partner sitting down as rough as it is a little bit, because sometimes we're not used to having these conversations and really talking about our financial futures and how that's going to play out. Um, And a prenup is not just for divorces. That's the one thing. It also can handle death, what happens at death. And the third one that a lot of people don't think about, it also helps to some degree, we're not going to get super in the weeds, but with how you manage your finances during a healthy, long marriage. Oh, so good. Yeah. So it's a lot. But again, we just don't know. And we sign that marriage license without getting any education of what now is going to happen. Yeah. What a powerful conversation. When should people start having those conversations? Like, when do you recommend that they should start looking into even getting the education of what it is, right? Because 
I feel like in the rush of being in love and just wanting to spend the rest of your life with your loved one, you probably don't even think about a prenup. So when is the best time for people to start a conversation? I think when marriage is discussed, that's when we really need to start having the conversations. And what are those conversations? It might not be the word prenup that's being used, to be honest, because sometimes that's triggering. But having those conversations about finances, income, cash flow, responsibilities. And right now, especially Latinas, but overall, we're getting married later, everybody. So by the time now that people are getting married, they are professionals, they might own at least their primary residence. Thankfully, I think that people are this, what you do, the internet, everything is putting all this information out that I think it's easier. But the moment that a serious long-term commitment marriage is discussed, these conversations about, hey, should we talk to a lawyer to figure out if we want to do a prenup? Because I know you own that house and then you're going to get your dad's house when he passes away. And then of course I have all my savings and investment. Maybe we should talk to a lawyer to see if we want to change anything. That's the way I think it softens it up. And that's the general one. Obviously when there's a wedding date, then we got to get a little bit more formal. (laughs) And, but at least when there's marriage talk, there should be money talk and that money talk just has to happen. I like what you just said. When there is marriage talk, there should be money talk and also enjoy the conversation along the lines of how we're getting married later because they are a lot of six-figure earners, like high earners now that are Latinas, that are Latinos. And some of these conversations are not happening because we didn't grow up hearing any of these, right? So what happens If let's say that now we're professionals, we're killing it, we're making money, but we didn't have a prenup at the beginning. Is there something they can do, like correct that? Yeah, and and it happened. Um, There is a post-nuptial agreement. Every state has different requirements. It is similar in what it can do. And in fact, a lot of wealthy people already use them because things happen during their marriage that they want to make sure. Because remember, prenups and post-nups, the functions are you're changing what the law says. That's what I said. But it has to do with cash income, whose does your money stay yours? Does your money become yours, ours? It has to do with property. Is it stay yours? Is it ours? But also it's, it protects you from debt. A lot of people don't think about that. So a prenup also is not just about pluses, but also about minuses. And yes, sometimes after you're married, circumstances change. And I have couples that they come to me and say, my wife or my husband started a business and it blew up and we want that to be theirs because we had this discussion. We have a healthy marriage. And we both agree, let's do a post-nup so that from this point forward, everything that comes from that business is all his or hers. Or we've talked, we're going to start a business very risky. There's going to be maybe a lot of debt risk. We want a post-nup to make sure that my spouse is protected from what might happen with this business. So yes, there are ways to talk about this and deal with it if the couples are on the same page. Yeah, I love these. So now let's bring more and more cheese made. <laughs> what, happens, <laughs> yeah. what happens if they're not in agreement, right? Because there yeah. is such a thing where we have maybe a Latina who is a maybe a stay-at-home mom, right? Because there, there's also Latina professionals that take a break in their careers to become moms. They ended up maybe not returning to the workforce. And then they're not necessarily contributing financially 
to the household, but they are working. They're actively taking care of the home. They're actively taking care of the children if they have that. So what is what does it look like for a stay-at-home mom? To what you first said, what happens if they're not on the same page? One of the biggest differences is that unlike a prenup, where like you said, everybody is rainbows and roses, right? They're, that should be the peak of your relationship in love and agreement is before your marriage. A prenup is easier to some degree because you're like, sure, mijo, sure, mi amor, claro. It's, and that's what you want, right? I always tell people, you want to negotiate a potential divorce when you're the most in love, not when you are <laughs> I love that. pissed off or whatever, right? So the best time to negotiate all this is when you're at your peak love. The difference with a post-snap is that you're already married. So if you are not on the same page, a post-op is not going to happen. It's just not. So it really has to be a healthy marriage where people are on the same page because there's no, quote, obligation. You sign. We're married. It's done. So, it, But people, like I said, if they are on the same page and they have these discussions, they do them. But if when I have people that come and say they don't want to, I say, nothing you can do really truly other than getting a divorce yeah that's the big difference that if you're going to have these discussions obviously the best thing is to do it before you're married because it's a lot harder if you're not on the same page later i love that the hey let's talk about el amor el dinero and the prenup all together <laughs> If this podcast resonates with you and you are ready to embrace becoming financially free and build generational wealth, I would like to invite you to apply to work with me privately. It is the most intimate way to connect with me and you will be fully supported to achieve your financial goals once and for all. Here's what past clients have said about working with me. One of my clients said, I feel confident in ways I can invest my money. You have helped me connect the dots on how investing truly works. It is simple, fun, and less scary than I thought. Another client said, I have so much clarity on the mindset blockers that were holding me back from increasing my wealth. And many of my clients have said that investing in financial coaching has been one of the best investments they ever made. If you are ready to see these mujeres and their beautiful faces, go ahead and head over to my Instagram account so you can hear it directly from them. And make sure that you click on the highlights under results. And if you feel inspired, go ahead and schedule a call today using the link in the show notes. Now let's get back to the show. So yes. What does it look like for someone to start the investment process? Because at the beginning of, of the podcast recording, you actually said those words to me. It's so important that Latinas, Latinos understand the importance of investing in prenup and estate planning. We're so new to these, right? We're still learning about investing. We're still learning about generational wealth. Now we're talking about estate planning and prenup. What is the investment? And you don't have to be like specific. Yeah. But just give us like four figures, five figures, or it depends. And also, why should people really invest in prenup, especially as we're starting a whole new year coming up in 2024? Yeah, no, that's great. So yeah, it is an investment because the way I see investments, it's something that you're, it's not an expense. You're looking, it's going toward a future planning, a future goal. So what I always say, so what I... If you want to talk about my expertise is protecting, helping you protect yourself 
your loved ones and your legacy. How? By protecting. So at marriage is the first time those big life changes are happening when you get married, divorce and death. So when I think about investing and how to protect, and if you're really into growing and then passing on generational wealth, it starts here because that's how you can lose it. For me, an investment of, for us, you asked about a range. I can give you that. Most, the average estate plan is between three and $7,000 for an average estate plan. Big old asterisk, caveat, disclaimer, right? right? But let's say three to seven is a good window. I understand it. If you're planning a wedding, that could go toward other things in your wedding. It is not the sexiest, okay? I know growing, well, starting new businesses, all that stuff is sexy. It feels good. Legal stuff never does. I get that. But if you're trying to set solid foundations, it really is part of that because it, it is the foundation, right? Your marriage, if you started on good footing and get all that legal stuff in order, It'll make everything easier later. So why that is why it's an investment because it is not a one and done. It's the beginning of your whole life planning that you're doing. So that's a long-winded answer for you. <laughs> but no, um, I love these. And I'm actually curious of how many people you you serve right now that that come into your office with their children, like with a younger generation, where you guys are talking about a strategic planning, like the importance of having this paperwork. And I actually, as you're describing these, I was curious of what a huge impact it has in the younger, younger Chico Las Nenes, where they walk mm -hmm. into a, a state planning office and they're hearing the language around why they need to plan for these i was just like in this bubble right now wow this is how we break financial trauma when we care to protect our assets when we care to protect our peace of mind and when we care to protect the legacy that we have been working so hard for and I think that's really it. And I'll say this, I do have both. I have these younger generations that are coming with the Gen X or even millennial parents and they're coming and they're educating, already passing this down. Like you said, what that does to your children to know you're doing this and bonus cherry on top. If you add donations to nonprofits or causes that you believe in your estate plan. Wow. Talk about passing down your moral values there, right? So yeah. that's a side note. But you know what I've been getting a lot of too is adult children bringing their parents. So now the boomers to me because the adult children are getting educated and they're like, oh my God, my parents need to do this. So, well, we can say I, but it's from both sides. So I'm getting it from both. It's interesting because, but I love it. And I love that because we need yes. to talk about this. And honestly, I think Lucy, that the difficulty in getting this done and people taking the first step and investing is fear. At the root of all of this is yeah. fear of the unknown, fear of being taken advantage of, fear and fear of death, fear of all of it. That's really I believe that me estás echando la sal, right? Because yeah. if I've learned anything with us becoming first gen builders is that this cultural baggage really sticks with us. And of course, now I know that it's not true, but I also grew up around that. Like you don't stay plan because me estás echando la sal, right? And yeah, so yeah. all of these unwelcome behavior that causes fear needs to be released. Because we're yeah. better when we are planning. And I also want to dive into the tax benefits of estate planning because sometimes we don't even yeah. think about that. Can you yeah. elaborate so, a little bit on that? Yeah, a little bit of just a financial literal. And, and I'll tell you, when I talk to adult children and they're saying, 
how do I talk to my parents because of all these cultural sort of this baggage, if you, if you will. Start with figuring out what they value. And some people, they want to go straight to the dollar. How does this benefit me financially? Literally, that is one. And I'll get into that. Secondly is go to love. Start with love. Do they love you so much that they want to leave things as clean and smooth as possible? So you always have to figure out what do they care about? Or is it I don't want people in my business. All right, guess what? Estate planning can be confidential versus going to court, right? But on the issue of the financial benefits, I'll give you an example. This is for California, but all the states have something. So in California, when you don't have a living trust, for example, and you just have no estate planning or you have a will, just a will, because a will also goes to court in California, and you end up in court, the fees associated with that are astronomical. As an example, in California, a $500,000 estate, which is so easy now with property values, the fees are about starting minimum $24,000 or so. Oh, wow. You get to a million, you're like at 50. Keep adding it. Keep adding it. So for the people- Oh, absolutely. It's months and months. This is not a quick process because now what you're saying is I didn't want to invest the time or money to do this myself. So now the state of California or whatever state, you're going to do it for me. They're going to say, okay, you wait in line and you're going to wait in line with everybody else that didn't do it. And you're going to pay us for our time and our decision making. And you're going to pay that lawyer a ton of money, way more than what I would charge for an estate plan, by the way. For the people that care, that's all I have to tell them. Your plan might be 4000 or don't do anything. And then your son will call me when you pass away and they will pay me 50 or they will pay me 60 Yeah, literally. So that's just one example of the actual cost, probate costs in California, just the minimal. There's other things, but there are dollar to dollar benefits that are, which is why people have been doing this. Certain people, certain demographics, certain generations, they've been doing this for generations, generations, saving all that money and passing it down and passing it down versus what happens to a lot of our communities for lack of knowledge or desire or whatnot, this little inheritance that they work so hard for, the casita or this, by the time they're done, there's nothing left. It's sad. It is so sad because it can be prevented, but we need to educate ourselves. And that's why we're here, right? Yeah, that is so valuable. I I feel like you just took us to, (laughs) took us to like a new level of why we need to care for estate planning and prenups and maybe postnups because I didn't have that. Why not just me, but like the listeners also are learning so much. And sometimes when we are making investments in ourselves, whether it's to learn about how to pay up day, working on the mindset, working on investing, working on estate planning, we have this identity of, oh, solamente una vez and it's going to be done. And it's no, we have to keep going because you don't go to the doctor or yes. one doctor for everything, right? You don't go to the same doctor to talk about your oral health. You don't go to the same doctor to buy, talk about your ear or your food or your gut. You have multiple doctors and estate planning or generational well building is the same. You yeah. need to have the board of directors that are going to help you protect that. So I'm fascinated with this conversation and I could keep asking you over and I know over. we could keep going and going. Let's do a series, <laughs> Lucy. Seriously, there's so much, but yeah, that's wonderful for 
for you to bring that up because I always tell my clients, this is not a one and done, a set it and forget it. No, it is. And for example, the living trust, I tell people it's think of it as a living document. It's living with you. It's evolving as your life changes, your wealth. You, we try. I wish I had a crystal ball when I create an estate plan and say it's going to be good for every situation in your whole life. Until right. No, we do the best we can. But really, it should evolve with you, just like your financial plan, like everything else. So this is, again, part of that education that I think is lacking, part of that generational knowledge that's not passed on because it's just not there. But here we are, right, doing what we can to help people learn and open their eyes, just get that little bit of that plant that seed so that then they become a lot more interested and educated. I love that. And I, I want to also normalize the conversation around investing in ourselves because as Latinas, we've always have been conditioned to do it all. So I would like for you to share an investment that you made in yourself that you feel was just revolutionary for you, for your growth, maybe as a, as a person, as an individual, or maybe through your law firm. Yeah, honestly, I think the biggest investment I did and I've done to date is becoming a business owner because it was also the riskiest and someone like me, the way I, my whole trajectory of education was very risk averse, right? I checked all the boxes, all the things. And, but becoming an entrepreneur and a business owner was a huge risk. But I also knew that was the only way I could control my future, my health, my family dynamic, right? Blood, sweat, and tears is any business. However, it is probably the most rewarding thing. And I, I could not change it. And I'm so proud of myself for making that leap. And I think motherhood pushed me and nudged me a little bit when I became a mother that I said, because I think before that, I probably was going to just stay in the, you know, that same path. And, but for me, the love for myself and my family, my health that was declining from the crazy work, I decided to do it. And I'm so glad I did. It's been since 2010. So it's been some time. I love that. Yeah. And I always say that entrepreneurship should be part of everyone's goal if you truly want to achieve financial freedom, because a nine to five is only going to get you so far and you're going to get only so many benefits. But as an entrepreneur, which yes, of course, it can be risky. But if you know that you're talented and you have this, I call it like this little cheese pie inside of you that says, yeah. I'm going to do it. Investing in yourself is going to really help you get to the next level. And we're not even talking about the benefits of having your own business, the benefits of allowing yourself to create generational wealth even bigger than what we can imagine. So thank you so much for saying that. I'm so glad that, that you took a leap of faith and you went after your dreams, especially as a Latina mom, because when you were saying that, I was like, oh, I know what you mean. Yeah. Like I can totally relate. And so I want to end this conversation with understanding or maybe giving us your definition of wealth. What is wealth to you? Yeah. And I think wealth is not a number. It's not a figure and it's different for everyone. For me, wealth is being able to live generously and by generously, generous with my time, my talent and my treasure. That's that. That's it. And I've, so I've thought about it over the years because we all have to, if you're a goal oriented person, right? 
you've thought about this. And to me, that's ultimately my goal is to achieve a level of wealth where I can live generously. I love that. That was so beautiful, Hinobeba. I was like, I think you <laughs> might be the first one since we launched the podcast that talks about generosity and wealth together. So I was like, what a beautiful definition. And I just want to say thank you for coming to the podcast. Thank you for being so generous with your knowledge. And now I want you to tell people where they can find you and how can they work with you? All right. Thank you so much. So I am only licensed in California. Unfortunately, I wish that my profession allowed me to work with everybody and everybody in the US. But no, I am limited to California. But I do have a website. It's uh, Mesa Talbot Law, where of course, you can find all the information, some resources, but where I'm most active, and it's a lot more fun is on social media. And that's on Instagram. And my handles attorney Mesa Talbot. And that's where I I'm most active, like I said, and hopefully I'll do some more fun stuff next year if I can only find the time. <laughs> so <laughs> I thank you so much. And Mujeres, make sure that you check the link in the show notes because you will be able to access her Instagram directly. You're going to have access to her website and give her a follow because I'm like drooling over the knowledge that Aww. she shares. And again, I just want to remind you that we need to build a board of directors and one of those people that need to be at your table which is called building generational well should be a state planning attorney so thank you again thank you for listening thank you lucy thank you for having me what if i told you there is a way to get paid for the skills knowledge and the expertise you already have introducing Hefas and wealth a private offer for the beginner and aspiring coach who wants to build a business where they can make money while pursuing financial freedom and of course create more impact in our community there are million ways to make a million and you might be sitting on the best idea that you can monetize if you are ready to learn more make sure you check the link in the show notes On the Say Hola Well podcast and associated entities, all information provided is for general information purposes and it does not constitute legal, accounting, tax, or other legal advice. Listeners should not act upon the content information without seeking appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other professionals. We assume no responsibility for the information contained on this podcast and associated entities and disclaim all liabilities with respect to such information, including but not limited to any liability for errors, inaccuracy, omissions, misleading, or defamatory statements. Usage of this podcast and associated content constitute an explicit understanding of acceptance of the terms of this disclaimer. 